as with parenting not in many instances but in this instance i'd link career and parenting together in that my advice would be do what works for you and screw everyone else because there are a lot of people who would want to give their two cents as to what you should be doing and that could be sit in that job for two years that you hate because you need it on your cv or you know you need to work for this kind of company for job security or you need to be permanent and not a contractor or whatever it is and they're all unless they're really narcissistic people they're all coming from a good place but they're probably coming from a good place with an angle of their own input and, and validity Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place, because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to episode 40 of the Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that brings you tips, tricks and ideas from those people who've been able to find or create a job that they love. And this week is no different. Today we're going to hear some insights from Dan who, after a windy path, has been able to find a career that is perfect for him. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to be updated with new episodes alongside the deeper dive interviews that we'll release at a later date. I love the first piece of advice that Dan's already given us in that as much as advice is amazing and we are grateful for it from people that we ask it from, exactly what Dan says there, listen to what other people have got to say, but be sure to make your own decisions that suit you and no one else. Before we go any further, let's hear a little bit more about what Dan does, and then we'll dive into some other thoughts and tips that Dan shared with us to help you, no matter where you are, whether you're in a career that you hate, whether you just seem a bit stuck and lost for what to do next, or you're at the very beginning of your journey. One thing I'd add before we find out a bit more about Dan is no matter where you are, have confidence that you can get to where you want to be. It's probably not going to take you five minutes, but with enough determination and hard work, you should be able to find a way to get paid for your passion, just like me and many of my guests who have appeared on the show. So without any further ado, here's Dan. I am Dan Reed. I'm head of platform delivery at Barclays. So I look after the websites and marketing automation and analytics implementation. And I think of it as when people decide on the funky new tech that we should have, I'm the person that figures out how all the blue wires go into the blue holes and make it work. Now, listening to Dan's job title there, you might be thinking, what, what on earth does that involve? And even my job title as an e-product manager, you might be thinking, how on earth do these people find these roles and ever get into the positions of where they are today? And I'd have to agree Growing up or just leaving education, I had no idea where I was going to go. And I think it's something key that Dan talks about here. At the beginning and even partway through your career, you might not be aware or the job role that would be perfect for you might not even exist. But having a focus on what you're interested in is so important. And I think how Dan explains it is absolutely perfect. I think it's fair to say that as a child, I never had an aspiration to work in financial services, uh, let alone in the world that I work in now in the digital space, particularly because I think I'm part of that generation that remembers growing up pre-internet and the internet coming in. So it wasn't an aspiration because it didn't exist. 
I think when I was really little, I wanted to be an ice cream van driver because I thought that's a good way to drive around and eat ice cream all day. It's only as life progressed, I guess. I mean, I'm someone who is now incredibly career focused, but that that's not always been the case. I spent a lot of my youth and teens and early and mid twenties, not really knowing what I wanted to do and kind of flip flopping around between different jobs, different companies. And it's only really in the last kind of six or seven years where, where I've, I've become really focused on what I want to do and, and putting a lot of energy into that. I think it depends on what life stage people are at. Cause I think there's a lot of pressure, particularly on people who are, who are recent graduates or, or maybe a couple of years into their career post uni to kind of have it all figured out and to know what, what they want to be doing. And, you know, my, my pet peeve of an interview question is where do you see yourself in five years? Um, and, and it's, it's, Partly, I, honestly, it's the laziest question that an interviewer can ask. Um, and, and they just, from my perspective, they feel like they have to ask it because it's what people ask. Um, my response to that is, is always, I don't know, because I don't know. I, I know the kind of responsibilities that I want to have. And I know the, the areas that interest me now. But if I think back to five years ago, I'm doing part of a job that didn't really exist or I didn't know existed so how 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 can you kind of plan for that so I think that if if people are finding themselves in that situation where they don't know if what they're doing is what they want to be doing and don't kind of know if there's a way out I my my advice would be to have a look around and I I used to my my friends in kind of a, a very British jokey way used to take the mick out of me because they'd be like, "Oh, you've you've had this job for three months now. Well done." Um, and and it was, you know, it, it it used to eat away at me a bit, but I was just like, "What's what's the point in staying somewhere that I know that I don't like? I'd rather be able to go to another interview." And if they say, "Why were you at this place for four months?" I'll I'll talk about that. And I think one one piece of advice that that I would have and I've just realized it's kind of two so part a is part 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 a of the advice is uh, if you if you've made it to the interview you you, they're interested in you you know as as someone who uh when I when I posted my my last job externally had over a hundred applicants if if you're sat in front of me I'm interested in you so so don't don't worry about that and and the other thing is that CVs and and careers time the timescales are relevant. It's and this might be the marketer in me, but it should be all about the narrative and the story. So if you have been in a role for three or four years, and then you've been you know you move out into another role and you do that for four months because that four months has added something that was missing from your previous role and something that helps you achieve your next role. That's absolutely fine. No one's going to say, oh, well, why did you not do that thing for four months for two years when you got what you needed from it within four months? It'd be ridiculous. So I think that when I started focusing on the narrative of my CV and my journey as opposed to timescales that really, really helped. 
And then I was able to have really honest conversations with my bosses and my mentors. And I'll, I'll come on to that hopefully later on because I'm a huge advocate of mentorship. Um, you know, that's, that's where I've, I've been able to, to secure uh, a number of promotions in a relatively short period of time. Uh, so that, that would kind of be my advice that it's, it's, it's never, it's never too late and don't, don't just do something because you feel you have to do it for a period of time. One life is too short and two, the world just doesn't work like that. So if you are about to go into an interview and you're thinking, I've had a few different roles and I've changed company here or there or something didn't work out for whatever reason, don't necessarily let that hang over you as a negative, but turn it into that positive of you learnt what you could and that you're moving on to that next challenge, next phase for your own development to be able to help that organisation that you're trying to work with. I know I know, my CV is absolutely awful and I wish I'd have been told that piece of advice before having some of my interviews. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dan. Now, one other thing that often I hear from people is I'm not going to be able to find something else that's as good or even better than what I've got now or that doesn't necessarily suit my circumstances. And I love what Dan explains here, being that we have too much fear about making a change when actually there's lots of opportunities out there for you. If you are in a job that you hate, then move into a, a new job. We've got one of the, the, the lowest unemployment rates in, in the UK at the moment. I'm not saying that it's easy to get a job, but it, it, whether it feels like it or not, it genuinely is a job seekers market out there. Um, and so make sure that you're a part of it. And, you know, the whole, should you be permanent? Should you, should you freelance? Should you contract? Again, a lot of this comes from people who are probably, you know, the, the, the generation before us where it was different. Like with, with my dad, you, you joined a company, you stayed there for 30 years, you retired, uh, you know, you had an early retirement at 50 with a huge payoff that just doesn't happen anymore. And, and you're expected to kind of move about to some extent. And so you don't have the same level of job security. So if you feel like you want to freelance or you want to contract and try those things out, then, then just, just go and do it. I think the, the best piece of advice after saying that I wouldn't give advice is um, the best time, in my opinion, to be looking for a new job is when you are completely content and happy with the job that you have. And it makes it one of the most difficult because by the very nature, you're happy with your job. Why would you be looking for another job? But on the flip side, something that takes you away from a job that you are really happy and content with has to be bloody amazing. And so it means that you'll make the right choice. And that right choice could be, actually, I'm really happy where I am and I've got the career development that I want or, or it's providing the needs that I have. Or it could be, well, I do have those things, but this place is going to give me that and some. So it's very, very difficult to do. But I would say that uh, when you find yourself really happy with a job, that's a really good time to, to start seeing what else is out there. I can only mirror what Dan said there. I know far too often I found myself in a position where I'm getting comfortable with what I'm doing and things are becoming not necessarily easy, but the status quo. And I'm not really being challenged or able to progress in perhaps the way that I thought I would be. And having sat on the fence for many months and even years in my case, 
I now look back on that time and think, wow, why did I stay in that position for so long? So I love Dan's piece of advice there. If you are feeling comfortable or you're really happy in a position, perhaps take a temperature check and just have a little think about what else you could be doing or where else you think your career might lead you. Alongside this, Dan and I talked a bit about how some people sometimes do work for free, which can work in your favour. But as Dan alludes to, sometimes people don't really respect that or might take that for granted and won't end up paying you or realising the value that you're providing them. But on the other hand, it does work to give you a bit of experience and prove the skill set that you do have. So catch 22 on that one. But I love what Dan talks about further to that, being how when you're applying for jobs, quite often it's the numbers game. The best piece of advice I could give, because it is hard, right? You send out speculative letters, you see uh, jobs, and particularly I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. And I think, um, you know, you see you see a job on LinkedIn and you think, oh, that looks interesting. And you you look at it and it's either, you know, be with uh, be one of the first kind of 20 applicants or whatever it is, or it's it's there's been 100 plus applicants. And you kind of think, you know, it's almost a blocker before you've even got started. Um, I, I, I am a fan of an analogy, so you'll have to bear with me. The, the way that, that I view it and, and like to talk about it is that it, it literally is a numbers game. Um, so the way that, that I view it is if you have a pack of cards and you, you, you turn them over and you shuffle them, you know that there's an ace in that pack. Well, you know there's four, but you just don't know where they are. And you could be lucky and you could turn over the first card and you hit an ace, or you could turn over, uh, what would it be? The 48th card and, um, you know, you, you hit an ace, but, but it's, it's knowing that it will happen. It will. It's just the law of averages. And I, 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 I could spend this whole time talking about the law of averages, but I really won't because I don't think that's what your listeners signed up for. However, um, the law of averages does, it, it will happen. Um, so you've just got to persevere. And that's the really tough bit is just carrying on. So no matter how many rejections or even radio silences you get from CVs or applications that you make, just know that sooner or later someone's going to notice yours and then you'll have that chance to prove your worth and get your foot in the door or gain a client whatever your position happens to be. Dan and I also talked about how difficult sometimes it is to gain experience without being offered the ability to have experience and I love Dan's thought process here on how he was able to do that to be able to help him get into more of a senior manager's position by taking on some of the responsibilities as an exercise to try and learn some of those skills that he'd need to be able to then prove in an interview that he is actually already doing that job. Earlier on in my career, probably before I would have called it a career, I did float about to very similar jobs just at different companies because I was unhappy with where I was or I wasn't getting something from from that job. And I probably remained quite stagnant for a period of time and it's only when I started to look at the bigger picture. So an exercise that, that I went through and, and when I work, uh, as I said, I'm a huge fan of mentoring and I do mentor quite a few people. And one of the first exercises that I like to do with them is to say, you know, what it sounds a bit abstract, but what 
what kind of role do you want to retire from? If you were having your retirement party, where would you like it to be announced that you were retiring from and what kind of role? Because again, you can't go down the whole, I want to do this job in five years, but you could know, well, I want to run a company or I, I want to have this type of responsibility. And, and when you know that, that's that's kind of half the battle because then you just plot that on one end of a spectrum and at the other end of the spectrum you plot where you are and then it's just finding the bits in the middle um and that's where working with the mentor or or, or just speaking to your friends or, or whatever it may be can help you identify what those gaps are so for example if you're someone who wants to to, to run a team um you and at the moment you're someone who is, say doesn't have line manager experience and you're potentially part of a team um you could say okay so in order to be running this team i need to have uh, people management experience i need to have potentially project management experience and i need to be able to say prioritize or or, or do uh, short term or medium term strategy and planning just as an example and then you can link that back to the experience that you have now tick off the bits that you do have but also the bits that you don't have well you've just identified your development opportunities and then it's working with your your boss or again your mentor or whoever can help help you to secure those development opportunities so a real life example for me is when i joined barclay card and i was honestly just people would say here's the thing make it happen um, and I, I wanted to, I had a bit more aspiration than just that. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted to, to run a team. So I, I knew that I needed line manager experience and it's really hard to get line management experience unless you have line management experience. And so, so how, how do you do that? And so I identified, well, what, what are the things that make up line management experience? And I thought, well, it's, it's mentoring and development and, and coaching is, is one bit it's it's kind of delegating and helping people manage their own workload which is another bit and and the kind of not so nice side of it which is the more difficult conversations and potentially disciplinary side of things so once i'd identified that those were the things that had made up, that made up line management and then just tried to get experience of those things, which was much easier to get experience of the individual parts as opposed to the, the whole. So when we had new people join the team, I volunteered to be their buddy and so would help them kind of learn systems and, and, and come up with kind of a, you know, a one month plan and, and that kind of thing. Um, as I then demonstrated I could do that when we then had new joiners I'd say oh well I, I obviously can't be their line manager but but can I be you know their I don't know what the word would be it's not supervisor but can I almost take some of the pain from my manager which is you know their their, their weakest resources time can I potentially do their one-to-ones from a what's your workload what do we need to prioritize perspective um, I started doing that and then I just did some, some internal courses. So we have one course, which is a disciplinary complaints and grievance, which is a two day course on how to handle, uh, you know, running disciplinary cases. And when it got to the point that then there was an interview, 
that I wanted to go for that had that would be running a team. And I was asked the question, well, do you have experience of line management? I said, well, not directly. However, I identified that line management is these three things and I sought experience of those three things. Actually, that was almost better than having line management experience because you've done more than was asked. So I think, uh, you know, that that's the the advice that I would have is, is to try and identify what those what those gaps are. And if there's not a linear path to solve in it, then break it down into its individual components. So I hope you'd agree there. Some fantastic advice from Dan. And if you are thinking, I just don't know how to get to that end career aspiration of mine, using that reverse engineering scenario of spotting what gaps in your knowledge or skill set or experience you have can help you to identify how to make those improvements to get you onto that next step of your journey. Dan and I also talk a little bit more about mentorship and coaching, but we'll save that for his longer form interview, which will be coming out in the coming weeks. If you want to follow Dan's work or get in touch, then I'll provide links in the show notes. But also be sure to check out the Career Dad podcast, which Dan's recently started, which focuses on dads who want to focus on their careers, but also be present in that important role of fatherhood. So if that's of interest, be sure to search for that in the podcast player of your choice and hit subscribe because it is a fascinating listen. I hope this episode has provided you some value on how you can find a way to get work savvy. Would love to hear your feedback by leaving us a rating or review in the podcast app of your choice, as well as contacting us on Twitter and Facebook by searching for at Get Work Savvy. Otherwise, take care and I hope you start taking those next steps for your journey.